This is um, the story of Jesus on a journey. Four lost opportunities occur in this story. This is Jesus' last journey in, in Luke from the north of Israel to Judea where he's going to lose his life. People don't realize this, although he's been trying to hint at it. The disciples don't get it. Uh, this is a journey that would be similar to going from Portland to Eugene. That's about the length of the Israel. It would be the Willamette Valley, a little south of Eugene, from the Cascades to the, to the coastal mountains. That's about the size of Israel. So imagine him walking from Portland to a little south of Eugene. And they're taking their time, and they're going slowly. And they come through enemy territory. Enemy, meaning the Samaritans came about because the the Jews had been conquered 500 years earlier by the, by the Assyrians, and they intermarried. They deported a lot of people, brought their own in. They intermarried. They were half Jewish and half pagan. Basically, what you were dealing with was two political parties, two religious political parties. They had their own place to worship, Mount Gerizim, in, I believe, in, in Samaria. And so Jesus is walking through there. They don't know who he is, but... Because he's going to Jerusalem, they won't even welcome him. It's, it's kind of a Republican-Democrat kind of thing. That's a poor analogy, but in, in an election year, if somebody talks too much about politics, well, please leave my house. You know, that's the way it was with Jesus. They wouldn't even welcome him because they had judged him as inferior without having heard a word. Um, I've had that experience as a priest where people have, uh, I have a, a, a cousin's daughter that uh, I came to visit my aunt that died last two weeks ago, a year ago, and she wouldn't even talk to me. She said, she would basically, she said, you're a priest, you're a hate-filled bigot, and a purveyor of hate, hate speech. Never, never met me. You have to figure it out. But tried and convicted by this person in the name of tolerance. That's what I went through a year ago, and it still bothers me. But you know what I wanted to do? Lord, let fire and brimstone come down on her. <laughs> but I went to confession. Uh, not to you. Uh, <laughs> we, we, that's the first reaction. And the disciples, John will later write, God is love. And here he is. Do you want us to call down fire and brimstone? Jesus kind of goes, no, it's like, he just, he just goes on. See how he just ignores that? He, he's not into that kind of thing at all. So that's, they lost that opportunity because they prejudged Jesus as being something he wasn't. And so then on the way, you've got these three individuals that come up. The, the first one takes the initiative and says, it's, it's kind of a Jesus groupie, you know. He says, Lord, I'm going to follow you wherever you go. Maybe, maybe Jesus had looked at him and said, oh, I... I here you are again, or something like this. He says, Lord, I'm going to follow you wherever you go. They, they're, they're in that first love, you know. And Jesus says, not so fast. Do you know that I don't even have a home? Do you know that I don't have even a pillow? Can you really make the sacrifices that I'm making, that it's not just going to be good times, a bunch of people walking around with me talking? Do you know where I'm going? Count the cost before you are so glib about coming in. This person hadn't thought it out yet. Uh, anybody that's made a commitment, like the priesthood or marriage, you know, the vows go both ways. Sickness, health, richer, poorer. Um, hmm, hmm. 
until, until death do us part. Uh, for our part, uh, one year ago, uh, David put his hands out, as I did 19 years ago, and uh, the bishop put his hands over mine, Bishop Steiner, actually, and he said to me, do you promise obedience to me and my successors? I said, oh, sure. <laughs> actually, that's not quite the right answer. Well, what was I supposed to say? You're, you're closer to this than I was. I, the he, correct words? Oh, he doesn't remember either. Uh, <laughs> well, you committed yourself, Buster. And, you know, I mean, basically I gave, I gave them a blank check. And that's what you did to each other in marriage. And Jesus wants that blank check from anybody that wants to be a close follower. I may take you where you don't want to go. Are you still willing to go with me? This is going to be a real adventure. This is not a cakewalk. We're not going to Disneyland like I said last week. We are going to go through something together. Do you have the courage to come and follow me if I don't tell you what's going to happen? Oh, but we've all done this with our commitments in our personal lives. Jesus wants that same commitment of love. And the second one, it's Jesus that takes the initiative and says, you, follow me. And he says, oh, I've, I've got to go bury my father. I'll see you later. That's a Semitic phrase for... I have other things to do. It didn't necessarily mean his father was on his deathbed. That's not what that means. But even if it was, there was no next time. Jesus is going to his death a couple of months later. He will never pass that way again. There comes a time when we must do something or it will never be done at all. You all know we've all missed opportunities because we didn't recognize them when they came. I was thinking of the the Brexit thing everybody's been reading about. Um, over there, some people were smart and took some pounds and put them into other currencies or gold or something. They did fine. But those who didn't listen lost one, the pound dropped by the greatest in 40 years. That's, that's a secular example of you can't go back and change and do something different because the opportunity is no longer there. It may go back up again, but Jesus might use that example. Jesus is a lot more valuable than something like that. And the third one, um, we don't know which person, whether Jesus initiates this or the person, and he says, oh, let me, go, let me go and say goodbye to my family and I'll be right back. And Jesus uses that as a takeoff to the crowd. And he says, if you put your hand to the plow, but you wish you were somewhere else, you don't belong with me. You know, uh, David left American Express, I left American Airlines. It's kind of close, isn't it? But we, we don't sit here in our parish and say, boy, I'll tell you, I sure miss that time in the office. Well, you know, I, I think about it all the time. Uh, I, it's very valuable to me, the time I spent there. But, but one doesn't look back when one has committed oneself. Or, or you're married and you're saying, boy, I'm sure glad I married this person. But, boy, what about that other one, you know? It doesn't make for a good marriage, does it? People do it. But that can lead to problems. And Jesus wants us to be single-minded, keep our eyes on the goal. And the goal is heaven, and the goal is to stay, stick with Jesus through thick and thin and through all the adventures that he's going to put us through, and yes, to the cross. And we've all got one. We've only got one life. And when Jesus passes by in a close and personal way, we have to be ready for him. He passes by all of us in particular at certain times of our lives. And those are the times that we, if we have the Holy Spirit, will recognize him calling us to a deeper friendship 
than the crowd on the periphery who can barely hear him and don't want to get near him lest he ask them to do something. But the ones that are coming closer, Jesus sees them. He sees us because this journey is our journey of life. That gospel is our gospel. Those stories are our stories, that story of rejection, of being rejected maybe for the faith or of not having the courage to put Christ first or to have excuses why I'm not following him or to not even hear him when he calls. So we ask God for the grace of the Holy Spirit in our journey and our life as well.